Welcome back to They Reminisce Over You. I'm Christina. And I'm Miguel. This week, we're doing something a little bit different. Usually, it's just two of us, and this time, we invited a guest on with us. He's a DJ, he's a podcaster, TV writer, author. You know him as Joe the Policeman from the What's Going Down episode of That's My Mama. <laughs> Give it up for DJ Ben Hameen. Oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you for having me. What's that? What's that from? Is that uh, Chappelle's uh, show? No, uh, coming to America. Yes, okay, <laughs> when they introduce Randy Watson. <laughs> yes, <laughs> there we go. Great <laughs> reference right there. Had to do it. Had to do it. <laughs> so, for our listeners out there, can you just give us a, a quick rundown of what you do, who you are, all the different podcasts that you're producing, all that good stuff. All that good stuff. Give you uh, this is your life in like a minute. <laughs> um, DJ Ben, I mean, as you said, I'm also I'm a DJ first and foremost. That's what pretty much I started with. I'm a Howard University graduate. Shout out to the real HU. <laughs> I I've also been a fan and student of film my whole life. That's what I graduated with from Howard University, and. I do a lot of things. See, yes. all right, to start, like you said, I, I DJ. I'm the owner and founder of the For All Nerds brand network, LLC, all of the above. We are the voice of the urban geek, the podcast dedicated to geek and pop culture from the perspective of people of color. And we, we've been doing For All Nerds for years now. We have several subsidiary podcasts, such as Views from the 616, which covers everything Marvel MCU related. The Castle Black podcast, which should be returning this year because we cover everything games of, Game of Thrones related. Mm-hmm. Uh, the long, short-lived <laughs> Safe Negro pod, which covered Lovecraft Country. I love that one. Yeah, that was one of my favorite things I've ever done in life, honestly. Like that podcast, even if you, you know, are just getting into Lovecraft Country, I recommend you go listen to the Safe Negro podcast. Yes, that is like one of the most in-depth podcasts yeah. I've ever done. And it's also just so close to my heart. Everything we talked about, the people we interviewed, it was really great. Yeah. And I also, beyond that, I'm also a WGA TV writer. I worked on the show American Gods. Mm-hmm. Since then, I've done a few other things that either haven't been produced or are about to be produced. We'll okay. see what happens. I'm also, as of now, a signed comic book author. I will oh. be uh, putting out a graphic novel. or, or I'm not sure what format it's going to be in yet. But I'm putting out something hopefully by this year will be out where, you know, the contracts are signed and we're already working on that. So oh, nice. Wow. Yeah, that's really I'm really, really hyped for that. I can't really say much more other than <laughs> right. that we're doing it. Uh, shout out to me and my, my brother, Mellow Marketer. We're working on that together. And that's all I can really say about that. <laughs> um, wow. I'm also a self-published children's book author of mm-hmm. a book, The World is Yours, which is one of my other favorite things that I've done in life. And you can hit me up if you want a copy of that. Oh, man. You, I think. You- that's about it. <laughs> That's about it, huh? Do you sleep? I, I, like I say, I do film. I do photography. I love all that. Oh, no. Oh, oh man. We're frozen, frozen now. If I do, I, I always feel like I don't do enough. You know, that's right. me. I'm like, I feel like I'm wild lazy, honestly. Like, y'all, <laughs> y'all have no idea how lazy I feel most days. This man just rattled off 15 jobs. <laughs> he rattled off so many jobs it that the, the video screen just froze. <laughs> right. <laughs> Video's like, man, I'm tired. <laughs> exactly. That's, yeah, that's my internet because I overwork at streaming and stuff and all that. And stuff. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I've. 
I don't know. I just feel like I don't do enough, but you right. know. Yeah, you first came to my attention on the Combat Jack show. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. And always, as you said, the hats behind me right there. If, if this is actual, if we're doing the video, but if not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> always. And before we get to the Combat Jack show, you were the mm-hmm. official DJ there. But how mm-hmm. did you get into DJ? Oh man, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> well, I'm I'm from Houston, Texas, right? Yeah. So I grew up in Houston pretty much my whole life, and I was a very the funniest thing about this. I don't even know. How, I probably thought about this on combat at some point, but I was a very rhythm rhythmless child. I can't even <laughs> say rhythm to this day. I I could not snap. I could not snap on beat. I I was I was a very weird kid, you know, and so. <laughs> Um, like I said, I started, you say what? You were a snapper oh, I was on all the one and over, three? No, I have a legendary memory of like my sister, my older sister sitting with me and being like, you don't hear the beat, you know, listen to the beat. And I'm like, what beat? You know, it's like, I'll never oh, forget man. that as long as looking back. I'm like, well, how, what, what was I hearing? You know, because I like music, but I just don't know how I heard it, you know? Right. And so I was into film and all that, you know, my whole life, always been in telling stories, writing, you know, anything to do with film, I've always been into. So DJing, the funny, like the two things I'll say it is, because shout out to Dr. Dre, not Dr. Dre, the other Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre and Ed Lover. He once said, if a DJ ever tells you that he got into it for anything other than girls, then he's lying. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's definitely girls. And it was the um, it was two videos for me. I used to watch Pump It Up. I used to sit yes. up late night and watch Pump It Up because we had no cable in my crib. Right. Mm-hmm. So I would watch that shit on a school night all night. And it was the Choice Is Yours video when uh, Mr. Long is cutting on what they have, the laser disc. Yeah. And it just looked so cool. And the Dwick video when Premiere is cutting on the boardwalk. Right. And he's just talking, you know, Greg and I and I and it. Yeah, I just lost it. Like, <laughs> it was just like, oh, shit, you can talk with your hands, you know? Yeah. And that that was it. And he, he also had mad girls in the video. So it's like, you know, it's like, oh, there'll be girls when I DJ. I and can be out so, on the boardwalk. That never happened. I've never, ever been on the boardwalk DJ and surrounded by women in bikinis, ever. I've done some wild stuff as a DJ, but never that one. So that still hasn't happened yet, but one day. You got time. Yeah. yeah, I got time. You know, it can happen. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was, those were pretty much it. And it was DJ Premier. And then I found out that he was from Houston and uh, went to Prairie View and worked at the record store, Soundwaves, that I went to. So I met him in there one time and bugged out, lost my mind. And so it was like, I was addicted to DJ Premier. And then I just became addicted to hip hop in a way, like, I just... I read every book. I listened to it. You know, I just I absorbed mm-hmm. it. And right. now I can snap on beat. You know, I can go all kinds of things. It's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah that's, that, that's how I became a DJ. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's the first time I've heard about a DJ that had no rhythm, but had to oh, learn. None. Absolutely none. <laughs> Absolutely. And my coordination, that's the other funny thing. I was like, I could not play sports. My dad was very good at basketball. Right. I was ass. I was terrible. <laughs> And now I have like the illest coordination. Like I can catch things with, I'll drop it one hand, catch it with the right. other. You know, it's, it's out of control. And, you know, it's thank God for hip hop is what I always say. <laughs> Just a late bloomer. That's all. Yeah. A late yeah. bloomer for real. Just in had, every way, shape, form. Had to have time to develop. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. so, so were you doing this in high school? Was this when mm-hmm. you went to Howard? Yeah. This started in high school. And that was like the other origin story is like I went to my high school dance. 
and my man's uh, DJ Aggravated. That's my brother now, but he was setting up to DJ my high school dance, and all of the girls from my high school were standing around him, and I was like, fuck that. You know? I was like, nah, B, nah. So, you know, that was another one. But, yes, yeah, so I started doing all our dances, and then, I, and then when I got to Howard, I, like, Howard really changed my life as DJing because it was like, it was so many DJs. There was, I want to say, well, I can count on my man, Trauma, Renee, Supreme, Marcus, I'm leaving some out. That's just in my dorm. Hmm. Right. You know, freshman <laughs> year, my, my best friend to this day, my brother Trauma is across the hall from me. So it was like, step your game up. DJ Supreme lived next door to our dorm and Supreme was a world champion at the time. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, Young Guru was, you know, when I first got there, I saw the flyer with his name on it, you know, Young Guru Giant. And I right. went to the party that night and met Guru, you know, it was like, wow. it was nothing but DJs and from all over the country. So, And then it was kids from all over the country. So you got to play music for everyone. And I'm right. from Houston, so I was used to being in the middle and playing from all, but I, you just learn, you know, that. Howard, oh DJ Analyze, I'm how the fuck can I forget? Like that's my other brother, and like he's downstairs from me in the dorm. You know, we yeah. lived together for years after that. Like, hmm. yeah, you yeah, mentioned Howard. I mean, it was the shit. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mentioned Pump It Up. I used mm. to watch that all the time too. Mm -hmm. uh, outside of Pump It Up, what else were you watching back in those days? I, I assume. Well, you said you didn't have cable. Did you have a way to get to like Rap City and Yo MTV? Yeah, I, you know, I go, you know, I go to my boys' house after school and catch Rap City, Yo MTV raps, all that. You know, um, you know, pretty much everything. Everyone. I mean, I like I said, I was a super dork. You know, yeah. so it was like. <laughs> I, I grew up like my earliest memories are all Star Wars related, you know, everything is Star Wars. And then it was like, you know, all the cartoons, all the anime, Robotech. I was like, oh, I, that's another big memory is spending. I want to say it was like $90 for like three episodes. Wow. Yeah, on VHS. It was some crack <laughs> shit. Like, you know, that's how we were back then because it was like, yo, we got to have this. And Man, so we we'd like chip in. That's something I crew. haven't thought about in 30 years is Robotech. What? <laughs> I think about Robotech all the time. Oh, <laughs> Talk about unlocking a memory. Coming oh, man. Robotech was four devastating. Turning it on. Oh, man. See, we didn't, in Houston, it wasn't even on like that. Robotech was like, it'd be the weirdest times you could catch. It'd be like 10 o'clock on a school day. Oh, God. You had to miss school to catch Robotech. <laughs> you know, because it wasn't, yeah, it was weird. Oh, so man. I'd only see it on those weird times. So that's what leads you to buy it for $90. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> That's a yeah. lot of money for back then, too, huh? I mean, we would chip in. You know, the whole crew would get together and, you know, yeah. buy this stupid tape so we could watch three episodes, like, like things, you know? You got it Monday, Tuesday. I got it Wednesday, Thursday. <laughs> it happened. It really went down like that. What did you think about that DJ battle scene in Juice? Um, <laughs> I've heard. At the time, Nick's I mean, titties. actually, some real DJs in there. I, I can't remember who was actually doing the cuts. I remember I learned that recently. Somebody real was doing the cuts. So, yeah, it was, I mean, that shit was super influential. But the uh, at least the problem for me was you can't see what they're doing. You can't, I'm sorry, I have turntables, like, right below me. So it's like, <laughs> I'm, like, putting my hands on them. But you can't see their hand motion. And so, for me, it doesn't, it was, it was cool to hear, but I couldn't see what they were doing right. so i couldn't learn right like my boy said my boy analyzed he said he had a tape from arsenio hall where uh, i think dj scratch was on with ebmd and they were and he said he broke that vhs because he just rewound <laughs> it to just learn what scratch was doing and i never that's why howard changed me because i never 
seen other DJs. I'd be doing right. parties and I'd be by myself. And it mm-hmm. wasn't until I got to Howard where I'd be chilling with DJs. And they were, I, do, I mean, I had to learn so much. I, I went to DJ school way more than I went to school. <laughs> <laughs> At least freshman year. So As I they, graduated. So, you know. Yeah. Hey. As they say, steel, sharp and steel. So you were yeah, in the right man, place for it. Was, it was like, yo, it was so like, oh my God. It was like day one, you better get good, dog. <laughs> Yeah, it was tough. Uh, so transitioning from just Howard to working as a DJ, how did you end up on the Combat Jack show? Um, let's see. Ooh, long story short, I don't. I mean, it's pretty much public knowledge. I, uh, I just you know, I always trip, tongue trip when I start talking about it. I spent a year incarcerated in Dubai on a whole other you know i could do several podcasts about that so (laughs) we'll get to that later but anyway um when i came back from that i actually i think i i'm not not think i had the idea before that and that's what really messed me up i was off a year but when i came home i started a blog called please don't stare.com because i was really tight with the cats at now right and a few other blogs you know just from i've been on now right since you know early days of it so i was tight with those dudes just through the internet and because I'd send them music and stuff because I knew people, you know, like I'd, I'd been known a lot of people just through DJing and through Howard, you know, people like Guru, I'd, you know, I know people. So it was like I was when I see the blog scene started popping, I was like, yo, these kids are just in their house. I'm actually in the streets knowing these people. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, why don't I just do this? So right. I started the blog when I, you know, and then I started uh, posting combat stuff and we never met. But I just always loved his writing because that's yeah. back when he used to blog and write. Right. So I just post his joints. And then when he started, like the first few weeks of the show, he started doing it. And by then I moved to New York by the time because I was in um, Maryland when I was first doing Please Don't Stare. Then I moved to New York just to move up here and get away from Maryland and get a new scene and everything. And so I was in Brooklyn and we still never met in person. That was the funniest thing. And I just called him up one day and i was like yo dog what's good you know i know you got this show i i i, I told him this and he knows rest in peace i never even listened to the shit like yeah. i posted <laughs> and wouldn't even listen to the show i didn't even know what a podcast exactly was what live radio none of that you know right. i didn't know any mm-hmm. of this stuff so i just was like you know i just needed a place to dj because i wasn't really djing anywhere up here i was still going back to maryland to dj and so I was like, yo, let me get on, you know? And so he was like, yo, whatever, come up through the studio. And I came through and that was that. And I tell people all the time, like, it was hard sticking with it, but I knew the first day I walked in that it was like some next level, you know, it would change everything. Yeah. And then my man from Houston, my best friend, Drew, who I've known since second grade, he called me up one day and he was like, yo, this is the greatest thing you've ever done. Stick with it. <laughs> And this was, you know, this one, we were probably still at PNC and he right. was like, yo, you don't understand. This is like grown folks, hip hop. It's like, it's like, and he was just, we said, I was in the middle of the gym and he, I had to stop my workout and talk to him for like 30 minutes. He just, <laughs> and it, and that made me stick with it. And, you know, it's changed my life in so many ways that I can't even begin mm-hmm. to describe, but yeah, we, none of us knew what it was. I just knew it was something special and we just, you know, we just kept doing it, but I'm so happy for that shit. That shit, it's. I can't be thankful enough because it was like, I just dreamed of doing something like that. Was, you know, especially once yeah. I started DJing, like knowing about Stretch and Bobbito, knowing mm-hmm. about like in Houston, we have Kids Jam, knowing about uh, Sway and Tech, you know, and the beat. So we're in like, people say Combat Jack Show with DJ Ben. I mean, it's like, what? 
That shit's crazy. <laughs> that was actually the first podcast I ever listened to. Mm, was it was me too. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny Straight because up. I didn't know what the term combat jack meant. I just knew that was his name. And Miguel and I got t-shirts. And I'd be walking around wearing the t-shirt oh. and stuff. And then when I found out. You still out, have it? I yeah. do. Yo, save that. Because oh, those yeah. shits are so I limited. Keep I don't have a t-shirt. I've got mugs. Yeah. I've got the hat. But I don't even have a t-shirt. No, mine is so. totally worn out. The letters yeah. are cracked, but I don't care. I'm, Doesn't matter. I'm hanging yeah. on yeah. to it. But now I'm realizing when I was walking around wearing the shirt, and for people who might not know who Combat Jack is, but they know what that term means, it's like, why is this girl walking around with this <laughs> right. phrase on her shirt? Yeah, somebody walked up to me in the office one day and was like, do you know what this means? I'm I like, can't yeah. remember. What does it mean? It's a sex term or something? Yes. yes. Uh, yeah. Basically, like when soldiers are in combat, and shells are flying. They just rub one out real quick to try and calm themselves. Oh, a combat jack. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yeah, we probably needed that in the studio a few times. Yeah. Boy, he got eaten in there some nights. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm like I said, I'm just so thankful for that shit. It's, mm. it's unbelievable to me. Yeah, and listening from the early days and seeing where you guys ended up mm-hmm. was amazing to see. Because I remember Thank watching you. or listening, and it's like, all right, we'll be on at 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock roll around, nobody's <laughs> on yet. <laughs> so. Dog, we be dropped. Your combat would scoop me up. And we are, I mean, flying through Brooklyn to get to that damn studio, yo. You don't understand. I mean, 9.50, he's coming through. You know, right. we are flying. So to, to see it from that point and to where it ended up was just great. I think the first episode I listened to was the first time Ed Woods was on. Oh, when he walked out? Talking about Nick Cannon. Rest in peace to Ed, yo. That's another legend, man. Because I saw it on some blog, because him and Nick had just gotten into it. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember which blog it was, but it's like, Ed was going to be on the Combat Jack show tonight. I'm like, what is the Combat Jack show? <laughs> and I listened, and I was hooked from that moment. Because that's when he walked out, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this Dog. is the wildest shit I have ever heard, and I love every second of it. The thing is, especially then, I was DJing, you know, I'm in room DJing. So I'm getting ready for the break and my back is turned to them. So I'm hearing everything, but I don't realize, you know, it's like I hear it starting to get a little tense. <laughs> right. And then it's just, they're like, yo, yo, what, what? And I turn around and Ed is gone. You know, it was just <laughs> like, you know, I'm out, dog. There was no hesitation, nothing. He was out and goes down. We had like, <laughs> glass walls you could see everybody in the hallway he was already gone like by the time i turned around he was uh, i think he was wearing all white that day too it was hilarious so he just like looked like a ghost just out yeah that was a classic wow wow memories man yeah so after doing that for a while what led you to do the uh the the fan (laughs) i think that was like one of my first episodes too that's why it's like i'm like yo Cause I was like, yo, Dallas, what the, you know, like, right. and combat was mad after. And it was just like, yo, that's Ed Wood, you know? And I'm like, who the fuck is Ed Wood at the time? You know, I didn't yeah. know. And you know, so, it, oh man. Yeah. What a night. So, uh, how did you go from doing the combat Jack show to everybody starting to splinter off and do their own thing? And then you transitioning over into fan bros, which is now for all nerds. 
because uh, combat fired us. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like that was, I mean, uh, at first it was, you know, like me, especially it became when we switched, I think, to SoundCloud, you know, and that's what really did us in as far as the music breaks being a part of the show because, you know, SoundCloud wasn't having that. So, you know, so that's what done that off. But I think, you know, Fan Bros even started before that. And what that was, was that was once again, combat. Combat was like, and it was just ill because I think it was like when he presented it was something that I, I don't know if I was thinking about, but I just knew needed. It. And he was like, yo, we got to do a show that combines hip hop and, you know, comic books. Right. He's like, we all love this shit. Cause we talk about it on combat. All you know, me and him will be talking about comics and the rest of the crew would just zone out. So we were like, yo, we need something, you know, to focus on this. And we were doing all these Splinter shows at the time. Like that's, we started like the first week the read did, um, what was it? Sneaker Fiends Unite was, you know, doing their thing, you know, so everybody was just doing different things, you know, just to see, you know, what we could do. Cause we were, right. you know, it was just the beginning of all this. Like okay. this is so before, this is still before everything, yeah. you know, like this was just us just trying out shit. Uh-huh. And I just thought it was an ill idea. And then. Um, we met with, uh, Chico Leo and I mean, I'll say it, I, I sometimes I'll say it, but we met with him and Joe Illich, you know, and that was the first time I met either of them and combat was like, yo, these are two dudes who'd be great for host. And Joe wasn't as interested at the time. And I fully understand that's still my brother. You know, we brothers to this day. And Chico was just like, yeah, I'm do- down for it. Right. And, you know, Chico, I, you know, I'd never met somebody, you know, he's like, he is just, he's a legend. <laughs> and a genius and just everything and so you know me and chico and combat started and i always say people like we recorded like one episode i think we we did record one with sean price for some piece as well and that one was just like a demo but i think even hearing the demo i was like this ain't working i was like ain't no way i'm listening to four dudes like that's just whack dog like you know <laughs> no, no shots to y'all podcast for four dudes but <laughs> woof you know that's a lot of dudes dog and so um I was like, nah. And so I just put out the call on Twitter and I knew Jamie Rigetti from Twitter. We'd never met in person, but we knew each other. We followed each other already. And me and Tatiana followed each other, but I knew Jamie a little bit more because we'd actually conversed. Me and Tatiana really didn't even converse like that. Mm. Right. But they were both the first to respond. They came through the same episode and that was it. You know, as soon as I heard both of them, I was like, yo, you know, we good. Like, let's roll. Let's rock. And we were out. And it's been like that ever since. And you know, now it's boiled down to pretty much me and Tatiana. Chico is about to come back, you know, sometime in the spring for some guest episodes. Okay. But Jamie will be around whenever. You know, that's that's still that's the four core, you know, the fantastic yeah. four, whatever uh-huh. you want to call it. And, you know, it's like me and Tatiana have just been going since. And, you know, it's been a beautiful thing. And how many shows have you splintered off into now? <laughs> you, you said the, the views from 616, Six, uh, Safe Negro, Safe Negro Pod, uh, Castle, uh, Black. Castle Black. Um, We had... uh. Outlaw Bars, which was our anime podcast for a while. We had Slam Bros, which our wrestling podcast. We've had, I know me and Tatiana have done another one, right? That's not (laughs) all the ones that we did splintered off ourselves, right? Yeah, that's a lot of work, man. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you do this. I'm telling you that it it just doesn't feel like, I mean, it's (laughs) one thing is everything I do for the most part, I love. You know, like, I love DJing, I love podcasting, I love writing, I love creating, I love telling stories in any medium. So, 
like I'll feel lazy because I'm like, dog, you know, what do you, you know, you ain't doing shit, you know, like get up and spin some records, you know, it's like, that's, you know, get up and talk, you know, right. like, you know, that's not, all. you know, cause I've had jobs and I've had life mm-hmm. that's like insane where it's like, yo, I could be here and right. I'm here. So yeah, do yeah it doesn't feel, feel like work. Yeah. Do you feel like no, if you stop that maybe like the opportunities will stop? Cause I know I Hell do that yeah. where it's just like, Hell, I just got to keep one. going <laughs> because one and day it, it'll stop. <laughs> and even though I don't think it's going to happen as much anymore mm-hmm. and it's wild cause people, how they look at me, you know, like I, I grew up with this extreme fear of failure, you know, because mm-hmm. one, most of my friends like, or my peers, you know, growing up, they were like, okay, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do this. And I remember like, in my 20s, right after we got out of college, and some of them were talking about IRAs and this and that. And I was like, what? You know, <laughs> like, I know what it is, mm-hmm. but, I, you know, I don't know how it applies to me at all, right. you know? And so, especially at that, at that age. Yeah. And at that point, I'm just DJing and stuff. So it's like, I had a real fear always of like, yo, you know, like, what do you, you know, how are you going to put food on the table? You mm-hmm. know, how are you going to provide and all that? So, that's part of it too. Even though people from outside are like, yeah, you're wild successful. And I'm like, no, I'm not. This is wild successful, fam. Dog. You're speaking but to my I'm, soul right now. <laughs> yeah, but I'm happy. And that's something else I've learned, you know, and mm-hmm. that's something I really talk to people about a lot now because having worked in Hollywood, like directly in, and been in that, like, you know, and still in it, but I've adopted a different approach mm-hmm. to it where I'm just like, you know, it's cool, but it ain't the end all be all. Nothing right. is the end all be all, but your own life and your own happiness. So after doing all of this, what brought you to do a children's book? Um, once everything in life, man, it's just for me, at least like, and that's something else. Like why I always, I had this fear is I don't have goals, you know, like I feel, bad <laughs> saying I feel so bad saying that, but I realized that the other day, you know, I never have, you know, like, there's certain things where I'd be like, y'all want to do this and that, you know, mm-hmm. like I wanted to tour the world DJ and I've done that. You know, I wanted to make one movie and I did a little short film in school and I was happy, you know, like, but I've never been like, yo, you know, I got to be this and this by this point mm-hmm. or this yeah. and this. And that might've slowed me up in certain things, you know, and it might've led me where, you know, cause who knows, but whatever. Um, I sort of forgot the question. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, what led you to write the children's book? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, like I say, everything just happens. And that goes back to me being incarcerated. All right. Uh, true story. When I was locked up, I was right. I mean, I wrote a lot, mm. you know, and one thing I wrote was like, I have a nephew and two nieces and they were very young at the time. And it wasn't a situation where I, you know, you don't, you never know what can happen in life. Right. So I wasn't sure if I would see them again. So I was like, let me write something where they'll, you know, have something that I feel about life, you right. know? So I wrote this poem for them, basically, and then I came home and everything, and I posted it on Facebook, and my brother, Marcus Aline, who is another one of those DJs, and just one of the most brilliant people I've ever met, and talented, like, he's just stupid, like, he used to frustrate me so much, like, <laughs> how stupidly talented this kid is, like, we, we went to, you know, we were freshmen together, and he was, like, the best rapper, the best DJ, the best producer, <laughs> the best painter, the best graffiti artist. You know, and he never practiced shit. And he was just so nice with it. <laughs> and he's still stupid nice, you know. So he read the poem and he was like, yo, this is perfect. Let's make a children's book of it. And I was like, yeah, All let's right. do it. And, you know, he did the art. You know, we put it together. We uh, did a little Kickstarter and we published it and boom. 
and that was it. You know, it just it was like one of those things, and I was like, yeah, this why not? Like, yeah, it was one of the things. Like once again, like it was. That's the thing about me. I don't have goals, but I'll say things, and then they'll happen. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like, and it might not happen when I think they're gonna happen, but it's something like I was like, one day I'm gonna put out a children's book. You know, I probably said that at one point. Yeah. And then boom, you know. And that's, yeah, so that's, you know, I just say things and I just push for them, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So we're going to transition into what did you like about the 90s, like I mentioned in the DM. Uh, Growing up in Houston, where were you getting your content since you said that you were watching Pump It Up, you didn't have cable? What was the scene like in terms of like hip hop radio and whatnot? Because I know it was a struggle in the early 90s right. to, to even <laughs> find it. Yes. I remember having a conversation with my mom once when I first started DJing. I was like, yo, I want to get on the radio because I want to see if it turns me whack. You know, because like <laughs> all these radio cats, they always play the same song. And I didn't know about payola and how the whole right. system worked. And so I was like, they play the same nonsense all the time. Yeah. And so I didn't know. So, yeah, it was basically that. The same nonsense all the time. In Houston at the time, we had 97.9, The Box. That was like a station that what it was like, I think it was a country station. And then one day out of nowhere, they were just like, yo, we're hip hop right. and R&B. And they just switched over and that became the joint. You know, they were popping, they throw parties, all that stuff. So that was like the main thing. But it was still very um, whack, you know, for the most yeah. part. <laughs> yeah. But the great thing about Houston was growing up there was one, like, and I love that I got to shout them out. I said it earlier. Is Kids Jam? Kids Jam was this show on Rice Radio, which was Rice University, and it was every Saturday from like nine to twelve mm. yeah. in the morning. And it was run by students and younger people, so they would play, you know, the real shit. Yeah, and they would go in. Mm-hmm. And then my other brother Will Strickland, who is like another legend in hip hop. If you Google him, you know he's done wild stuff. He's like a professor at this university now. He did another show at Rice that was like late nights. I think I want to say it was two. It was definitely a school night because I shouldn't have been there. And I'd be <laughs> at the studio all the time. And um, it was like this late, you know, late night. And he'd play all kind of real shit. So that was where I did my real shit. But the real benefit of being in Houston is you grew up with an appreciation for everything. You know, right. my boys love Rakim. We love NWA. Mm-hmm. And then we had so much stuff just coming from Houston, like UGK's Face, Odd Squad, all these groups. That to this day, a lot of people don't know about who have made like classic material. Right. So I just had that benefit. You know, I love Premiere. You know, every record Premiere did, I bought. You know, yeah. it was like that was East Coast. You know, mm-hmm. when Illmatic came out, it was all over it. And then I was at the midnight thing for when Doggy Style came out. You know, it was just like that. It, you had the best of both worlds to me. Yeah. Uh, for me, I grew up in LA. So mm. we had 1580K Day. Mm-hmm. which at the time I didn't know was the only like 24 hour hip hop station. I thought Man, it was y'all, like y'all was living. So I y'all was living. Everybody was getting nope. it like this. And, nope. And when they went off the air and we had to switch over to the other stations where you get like two or three songs every three or four hours. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we can't live like this. Bro, I can imagine like, yeah, y'all were no, so spoiled. I grew up- in well canada and in bc so in a smallish smallish at the time town about 45 minutes outside of vancouver so they Mm -hmm. definitely weren't really playing rap hip-hop r&b and stuff in canada in the 90s so uh so our kind of like mtv whatever is much music but they would play so there was one show that would come on for one hour on saturdays that would play 
just a little bit of everything, like R&B, rap, and some house music. And then we had mm. Rap City was a new show, and it would come on. It started off, I think, like once a week for an hour, and then it was twice a week for 30 minutes, and that's all I got. Yeah. <laughs> and I would listen to a radio station um, coming out of Seattle. So I really had to, like, dig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was us. Like I say, it was Kids Jam mm-hmm. on every Saturday morning. And it was uh, Will Strickland's show. I can't remember the name of it when he would do that mm-hmm. on a night. And that was it. And then they would have the occasional mix hour, you know, and stuff. Yeah. But, like, I think Houston Radio stood that benefit of being slightly better and also wild. Mm-hmm. Because when I tell people some of this they would play people are like yo what <laughs> I, I, I was actually thinking about it earlier today because i popped in my head like about six months ago i had to download it there's this song pimp daddy and it's by a jamaican artist it's like a it's all in a reggae rhythm but he's basically rapping and singing and he's talking about all wanna be is your pimp daddy and he talks <laughs> about pimping you know and it was all on the radio or like the song um your mama's on crack rock yes like <laughs> I remember that one from the box. That drink was number one or the one like your mama's on crack rock. <laughs> and you being from um LA, you'll know about like um Digital Underground, Free to the Industry. Like yeah. it had a resurgence because the album would come out like two, three years before that. Cause it was like the album came out in middle school and then I was like high school or whatever when that dropped. And it was like this joint would play on the radio unedited for so long oh, until they finally released the, I think Houston and a few other places probably made them release the radio edit right. because I remember I was in the car with my mom. She was like, what the? And I was like, Shh. <laughs> I don't think I've ever you know, heard a radio edit of that. Oh, it's hilarious. It's like all kind of animal sounds over everything. Oh, man. You got to oh, look man. it up. It's it's so bad. It ruins the song. But it's, <laughs> it's like, because I mean, it was the number one song, top nine at nine. Oh. Freaks and Industry, number one song. Oh, my God. Houston was outrageous. <laughs> like, yeah. outrageous. Wow. Yeah, I tell Christina all the time about <laughs> this radio edit of a two-short song where they edited Motherfucker to Mickey Ficky. <laughs> so it's oh, a they bu- did that on a short song? Because I know that from um, Do the Right Thing when yeah. they put that on TV. It was mm. a bunch of Mickey Fickies all <laughs> over the song. And I'm like, what are you doing? This is terrible. <laughs> it I got used to the- have a friend. No, go ahead. Uh, it got to the point where... Uh, when Big Boy started his radio show, he started calling himself the Mickey Ficky Man for a while. <laughs> That's hilarious. I, I had a friend who would rap, uh, I think it's Too Short and Cube, the Ain't None But a Word. Yeah. And he would rap it with the beeps in it. And it was the funniest thing in the world. Like, oh man, that was so funny. Because he, he'd be like, Bee! you know, because, oh, yeah. God. Yeah, because it went on on that one. Oh, man. That's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we're going to do a quick call and response game. Well, not call and response, but more of a quick response game. I'm going to give you two choices. And first thing comes off the top of your head. This is great because I always do this to other people. So now I get it done to me. <laughs> and and we're not going to do anything controversial like Lil' Kim and Foxy because that's going to bring the, the crazies out. <laughs> yeah, we don't oh, want I them. love it. That's, that's great. <laughs> like, yeah. I've, I've been down that road. Don't want to do it again. Wow. I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the first one I got, Spike Lee or Robert Townsend? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Quick. <laughs> <laughs> For me personally, it's Robert Townsend okay. because Hollywood Shuffle is in my top five of all time. It's just, yeah. but do the right thing. And as a as a director, it's Spike Lee. You know, okay. I can't, yeah, because Spike Lee's eye is sick. But 
Hollywood Shuffle just. Mm. Oof. That's one of my yeah. favorite movies of all time. I yeah, actually just five. watched that recently because uh, oh my god was telling me about it, and we had to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I tell everyone if you want to work in Hollywood, you have to watch that movie. Yes. Black, white, I don't care what color you are, you have to watch. It. And if mm-hmm. you're black, you have to watch it. Black yeah. acting school. <laughs> <laughs> no, not like that. Like this. You jive turkey mother. Yeah, no. I'm, that I'm, I remember my sister used to walk around quoting, and I was like, "What is that?" And then I saw it. And now, I mean, I insert that movie in this, you know, mm. every line I can do, you know, yeah, God, it's out here. What's he, uh, marching like, um, uh, right, next one. Niggas in Georgia, yeah. Niggas doing the legend in Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> every time we sweating, watch, sweat. whenever we watch a TV show where it's so obvious that they don't have black writers, it's like Hollywood show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Facts. All right, next Oof. one. <laughs> Dead that president. So relevant. Or set it off. Wow, set it off, no question. Okay. Yeah, Are that's you? easy. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's easy. Yeah, come on. Dead president is all right, but set it off. <laughs> all right. Uh Martin or the Jamie Foxx show. Wow. You should show him your t shirt. <laughs> with my witty hutton t-shirt on in, in the long run like as i wasn't a big fan of martin honestly and probably not that much of jamie fox but i appreciate them both now for what they are who's less problematic <laughs> oh. <laughs> hmm. that's a i'm gonna one. go with martin because of tisha because i love <laughs> tisha since house party you know so that's like you know probably since uh what's a little rock little shop of horror mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah. no yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think I know the answer to this one. Dr. Dre or DJ Premier? Ooh, no. Jesus. <laughs> okay, so I don't know the answer. Nah, you don't. That's... <laughs> like, uh, recently, my boy Guru, you know, loved that man. Like, he was on this podcast, and Drake calls him up on the phone. It's like, yo, I fuck with your stuff. And I called Guru after that, like, oh, <laughs> you know, like, I can't imagine. You know? <laughs> um, no, nah, that's oh. I remember walking through the mall with the chronic in my hands and shaking. Oh, I hadn't man. heard anything, but I just, I was like, oh my god, Dre, Dre, you know, like I just, I'd heard nothing but a G thing over and over again, and, and maybe Dre Day, and that was it. Mm. And I was, no, I don't even think Dre Day was out then, so it was just G thing, and then it was like. What is this? So, <laughs> God, no. I, I mean, obviously, I. Ooh, that's so tough. <laughs> I still go with Dre though, you know, because okay. Dre is just motherfucker. I'm Dre, like, yeah. you know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. There's you know, no the wrong 2001, answers. Exactly. <laughs> there is no wrong answer. Yeah, there's no. I mean, the both. You know, that one is that. I, I'd have to say both because you know yeah. both changed my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, next one. This is gonna be a little funny. Flavor Flav or Spliff Star. Oh, easy flavor play. Not even a question. <laughs> I love Spliff though. That, I, you know that I met him a couple times, real in passing and stuff. Great dude, but you know, flavor flavor. I mean, both of them are incredible hype men. But flavor flavor made. I can't do nothing for you, man. Plus nine one one is a joke. You know, he got bangers on his own, like you know, and and he's also it's so talented. People yes. don't know that. Like he plays every instrument. Yes, you know, he was like. And he's part of the production team of the Bomb Squad. He mm. is just insanely talented and just a key part of Public Enemy. You yeah. know, Buster Rhymes are going to be busted without Swift Song. Mm. That right. ain't even no question. But Public Enemy is not Public Enemy without Flavor Flav. Right. We saw Public Enemy at Made in America mm-hmm. 2014 mm. or so. 
Mm. And they were performing one song and Flav jumps on the drums (laughs) and he's playing the drums. Then he goes over and grabs a bass. Now he's Mm. on the bass. And then he goes over and grabs something else. And he's, I'm like, when did he learn this? Oh, since since he was a kid. (laughs) I'm like, I'm used to seeing him jumping around, swinging with the clock and the shimmy and all this shit. (laughs) And here he is just knocking it out with all these different instruments. Mm -hmm. I wish I know who wrote it or what. I'm going to see if I can find it on the net now. But back in the day, it was like either, I want to say it was the source. It was the source of the vibe. But somebody did this article on Flavor Fave and they compared him to like, um, Mr. Nancy, basically, like to the Tritster God right. of African folk tales and mm. everything and how he relates in so many ways. And it was so ill, you know, and it was like, oh shit. And it's like how he plays against what Chuck is, you know, and yeah. then. Like, I was just watching this documentary the other day, and I, I'd heard this before, but, like, Be Real talking about how when they made Cypress Hill, he pitched his voice up so they could be the anti-public enemy. Okay. Because they already had Sindal do the deep. Right. And so he became the main rapper with the high-pitched voice. Okay. I never so, knew that. Yeah. And it's, you know, but you hear it now. Yeah. He's, like, the high pitch, and then Be Real comes in with the bass, and right. that makes the difference. And it was just, like, Chuck D is, you know, that bass, and then mm. Flav comes in with the highs, and it makes... Yeah, Public Enemy, like, I I could go, you know, I wish there was a podcast just talking about Public Enemy for, like, you know, tw- 10, 20 episodes. <laughs> Is this going to be your next project now that you put it I, out there? I, 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 no, I've got something I'm working on that it would be in that vein, but yeah, trust. Because I don't, I, I don't feel like, I don't feel hip-hop gets the credit it deserves for the right. genius that it is. Yeah. yeah. Like, I just do not feel to this day that it yeah. gets it. All right, next one. Low end theory or midnight marauders. Come on. <laughs> oh, midnight, I mean, that that's that's tough, but it's midnight marauders to me. Mm. And okay. I've had this debate a few times with people and it's a midnight marauder. It's just, you know, it's a progression. It's like low end theory yeah. was there and then midnight marauders is like if you read Wicked and Divine, it's like that's imperial phase. You know, that's when they're <laughs> at the high of their power, you know, everything is clicking. I mean, from the album cover, you know, the yeah. heads, every, it's it the Bob Power mix is so perfect. I just found yeah. out yesterday that there were multiple album covers. Yep. I, I yep. thought it was just one, but it's nope. three. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. It's three. It, I think the the row around them is what yeah. differentiates them, right? It's yeah. like red, black, and yellow, or something yeah. like, or green, yeah, or something like that. Red, black, yep. and green. Hmm. Yep. And I is. just yeah. found that out. Because yep. I bought it a couple times, and I guess I got lucky and got the red one each time. <laughs> <laughs> so I had no idea. Yep. Yeah, no, that, oh, yeah, Midnight Marauder is so, I remember when, like, when my boy brought it over, and I'm just like, oh, my God, this is the stupidest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> and then, um, you know, when it gets to the end, right before lyrics to go, and I was like, it's over? You know, I was so hurt, and he was yeah. just sitting there like, no, just wait, you know. <laughs> And then, like, um, God Lives Through is, like, that's in my top ten, too. Mm. You know, God Lives Through is, like, it might be my top three hip-hop songs ever made. Like, that, I, on that Tribe documentary when Buster was talking about it, and he just like, yo, this is my favorite shit. I was just like, <laughs> Bust, dog. Because, like, I, I've said that before. Like, if the gates of heaven open up, I'd want God Lives Through to start playing. <laughs> See, like, now that you mention that, I think I want the horns from Steve Biko. Oh yeah, bah, bah, yeah, bah, bah, bah. yeah. That's great too. I mean, you know, either way, it's like hell yeah. <laughs> I'm here now. Yeah. All right, and the last one, and this is gonna be tough. Ghetto Boys or UGK? Oh, oh god! Damn. 
Why are you going to do this to him? Man, I'll just, I'll just, uh, it was this Pimpsy lyric that was like running through my head earlier today. But like the other day, I was going through Face and Ghetto Boys, you know, stuff yeah. like just bumping it. I, um, <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, my favorite group out of Houston isn't either of them, it's Odd Squad. Okay. You know, Odd Squad has this one album, Fat Enough for Everybody, yeah. that is like, Face has said it's the best thing rap a lot ever put mm-hmm. out. And that's my favorite Houston album. But I got to go Ghetto Boys because Face, you know, it's just right. like mm-hmm. that man's, you know, his stuff. That's another one who changed my life. But so did Pimp C, you know, in different ways. Yeah. Like, I'm an unforgettable memory is I, I'm sitting in my boy's crib and my other dude who I ain't know that well at the time, he walks in and he's like, I got a pocket full of, and I'm like, what is he talking about? And he just kept saying that line. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, you ain't heard, you know, popped in the tape. And that's like the first one they had when it's like, it's even before they got signed to job. Right. And he played me pocket full of stones. And I was like, you know, it, you know, it was like a moment. Yeah. It was mm. just like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and then, yeah, so that's another one where it's like, I got to say both. You know, I can't. Mm. Yeah, because Bun B, Pimp, I mean, better, even Willie D, you know, Bushwick, yeah. like, the, that's just, you know, that's my life right there. That's Houston. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, I got family in Arkansas. So when I would go down there in the summer and visit them, that's mm. when I was getting to hear, like, ghetto boys and the willie d albums and ugk i'm like what is this man because obviously they weren't playing it on the radio in la Mm-mm. but i can get down there like you said i got a pocket full of styles oh like, my what god is this? yeah and my Tim cousin C is such a sick producer like yeah oh god he was so sick with it and, and face too. Face is such a you know he's another one of those plays everything yeah plays mm-hmm. face every instrument i've seen him do it you know like and it's just uh and that's the other one who people are now just getting hip to is mike dean right and mike dean has been doing he's all over the odd squad album like i've been a mike dean fiend since then you know since the night like he is so silly and people are now like oh he's on kanye and i'm like y'all don't know mike (laughs) no mike been doing this for 20 years before you even met kanye (sighs) he did the whole untouchable album like it's insane. That dude is so sick. Yeah, I still remember all those names from those like Ghetto Boys and Scarface album. Mike Dean, mm-hmm. No Joe, No Joe. Oh, No Joe is another one, man. Dang, you bring him by memory. No Joe. <laughs> yeah, he man, that dude is so sick. Like, yeah, there's so many cats out of Houston and like Southern producers who I feel like did not, you know, get the credit and like especially pimp all the samples he bring to the table and stuff. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. yeah, crazy. Who do you think is your favorite out of Texas? Ooh, that's another tough one. It's between Face, DOC, Devin, and my new boy, um, Toby Inigwe, who is like, you know, one of my favorite rappers of all time. And I yeah. just started listening to him a few years ago and Toby is just one of the greatest things to me to ever happen to hip hop. So yeah, Bomani yeah. Jones put me up on that because he used to post about him all the time, and I'm like, finally, shout let out me, to Bomani. Let me go I ahead. I saw and him at the out. Toby show. <laughs> I, I I saw him at the Toby show. We chilling, you know, everything, enjoying the show. And I was like, yo, my boy is his DJ. You want to go meet him? So we all went downstairs and met. That was my first time meeting Toby, and 
you know, like he met him and I was like, nah, you gotta meet Bomani, you know, this right. is like, this is the man, you need to know him. Totally. <laughs> and so, yeah, that was, oh, that was a great night. That was like the last show I saw before the pandemic. It was fantastic. Mm. Oh man, yeah. I don't even remember the last show we went to before the pandemic. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't remember. It's been a while. <laughs> it was like that and run. No, I saw I saw uh, Raphael Sadiq too, which was oh, awesome. Man. Yeah, I think it might that have been. Awesome. We saw Prince. Oh. No, it, uh, it was after Prince because oh. he had passed. I think it might yeah. be Jay Z. Okay, was the last one mm. we saw. Either Jay Z or Common. Mm. One of them. Mm. I don't remember. Those were. A long time ago. Yeah, yeah those were great days. Yeah, yeah. it's like 40 years ago, whatever <laughs> right. said on Titanic. It's been 82 years. <laughs> yeah, something like yep. that. <laughs> oh, man. So this has been fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thank you. It's been lie. great, yeah. This is our first interview. Mm-hmm. It's usually oh, just wow. the two of us. Yep. Oh, y'all, so, y'all are really good at it. So thank you for coming on. I saw the tweet and was like, you know what? Let's jump on this. Yep. I was like, we got we got to DM him. It's so funny. Like, man. Me, Did you DM him yet? Did you respond? I saw a notification. Because I've been happy to do it. You know, I just like I li- I like getting out. And I like doing other shows, and mm-hmm. I like you know hearing other voices and stuff. So it's been I've been great doing all these podcasts. And I you know if anyone listening out there has a podcast, hit me up as well. I'm down to you know, jump on it. Done deal. We'll definitely yeah. pass the message on. You want to do? Uh... There was one other thing, unless you. Oh yeah, we got one one more question. There there is one more question. (laughs) Let's do it. What's a song that you hate, but everybody else loves? And I'm gonna give you an example. Written all over your face by the Rude Boys. (laughs) Cannot stand that song. Ooh, that's one of my joints. I, I feel you though. Know, it's so it. syrupy. <laughs> like it's one of them ones. You, you know, my mom would hate yeah. it because she hated nasal singers. <laughs> hated them. Mine but is that, smile. Oh man, <laughs> can you sing this for me? The whole intro is so great. Like, <laughs> and then Teddy. Joe Levert comes in and he hates it. Just yeah, growling. no, I can't sing that. Maybe he can sing it. That's oh, the whole intro is so great. Like it's so silly. Yeah, yeah. Mine is um, Mary J's uh, Real Love Remix. The remix. What? Whenever I'm in the club, we disagree I'm like, on this one. I'm like, why? I love the one with the, the water dance with the burp, 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 yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Oh. I love it. I love the original version, and it's I not that you. I hated the yeah. remix, but I started mm-hmm. to hate it because whenever I was at the clubs. They would never play the original never, version. And never. Then I grew to hate it because I wanted to hear the album version. <laughs> I remember the original version. I was walking down the street listening to the radio and it came on. And I was like, wow, look at that. Like somebody put, you know, hip hop drums on an RB song. Mm-hmm. I was like, how cool is that? And then it was like, but that first time it was like wow i mean come and talk to me had done it and a few Mm -hmm. others but that was like when i was like you know because it's the milk d drums like wow like yeah no that i feel you um okay i mean i got a list Uh, (laughs) oh man and you're gonna be mad at this one la i hate (laughs) even in all these songs i understand because i'm a dj i understand why people love them but i hate them um this is how I hate it. Hey, <laughs> this is how we do hey, it with a I'm pure passion. With oh, wow, you're the first person from LA. People from LA get song. so mad at me about that one. I, I understand it. why we like it, mm-hmm. but I'm not too. one of them. The drums are incredible. Yeah. You know, his voice, you know, it's a party jam. I mm-hmm. get it, you know. Yeah, it's I, like, I'll play it and it sets it off. 
I like Montel, but that one just does yeah, nothing no. for me. Get mm-hmm. it on tonight is my joint. Yes, like that's, that's oh, that joint's incredible. She's a chicken. chicken. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, that's one of the best ones ever. Oh my god. If you, I don't know if you remember in the video, because we actually ended up doing an episode about Montel Jordan. But for the Get wow. It On Tonight video, after he spent the whole video with his lady, he's at home in the kitchen. His girl comes home and she's like, so what have you been up to? And he's like, nothing. And then he's just, bing, 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 <laughs> while he's getting his little <laughs> snacks from the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to watch that now. Oh, <laughs> you have to. <laughs> my my boy, like when I played in a club, one of the uh, hosts in DC on the mic, he'd always be like something, something, piece of chicken, you know, like yeah. So that was no um, and the other one is um that I mean this I mean a lot of people I hate it, but I hate this Tamar Reese. Uh, I don't even like saying it because it makes me think of it and then I'll, it's stuck in my head. Uh, I Like Your Smile by Shanice. <gasps> he hates that song too. <laughs> yes. Fuck. Yes. I hate it. I really and it was like do. on the radio. <laughs> like just thinking of it, I can. it brings me back to places when I was in Houston when I was like, oh, yes, oh, you know, yeah. this fucking song. Right. <laughs> yeah. She um, used to call in to 92.3 like once a day. <laughs> like her and DJ Quick would call and talk to Theo oh. every single day. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> and I DJ would get, Quick, I would have been so hyped. Yeah, <laughs> him and Quick Theo, is another one. Him and Theo Quick, were like this. Quick is mm. God, yo. That's another one. Like who people don't get. Like as far as production, as far as engineering, like Guru talks about him all the time, and like I fully agree. His mixes, like that. Like I said, that was so great about Houston. Like Born and Raised in Compton was all over our radio, right? You know, like oh. God, I, I love Quick. <laughs> I love same. that. I'm, that's that's one I'm, person I've never met, and I'm like, when I meet him, it's like, yeah, I don't know, you know. And Guru knows them like they tight, and they, right. but you know, I'm like, shit, that's dope. You know? <laughs> yeah, I saw the video about a week ago where they're talking about Quick coming into the studio and touching knobs they had never seen before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now Guru put me on that because I when the Quick and Corrupt album came out, he was like, yo, go listen to this, right. Like, listen to it, you know, listen to what Quit did on them beats. Yeah. And that's one of my, that I'm so sick. Like, yeah. Quick oh, is, man. Uh, yeah, I'm a, a yeah. huge Quick fan. Bruh. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's a, That was that Houston, you know, like, what do you call it? Just like Compton, Born and Raised in Compton, Tonight, all of those were just, you know, that's staples to this yeah. day in Houston. Like, you know, all of them joints. Oh, man. So, yeah, yeah. again, it's been fun. Yes. No, thank you. This has been great. We we've had you for an hour now. (laughs) Don't want to keep you too much longer. Uh, Anything else you want to you want to plug while you're here? Uh, Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I just want to shout out. You know, everybody, thank you for listening. Thank you for having me on the show. This has been awesome. I can't believe this is y'all first interview. Y'all really, you know, well polished and a lot of good questions. (laughs) Um, and like I said, you know, everybody out there, you can follow me at DJ Ben. I mean, on pretty much everything that's DJ B E N H A M E E N. And also follow at for all nerds on pretty much everything, especially on Twitter, Instagram. If you want to find the podcast, we're on any major podcast platform, Spotify, iTunes, et cetera, besides title to this day, still no love. Thanks to Jay. Um, and we're also on YouTube and most importantly, you can follow us on twitch.tv slash for all nerds, where you can find us broadcasting live. We do our live show moon nights coming up soon. So views from the six one six is about to start cracking. I've seen the first four episodes. 
It is what it is. Uh, no, I, I can't get. I get it. I can't. I can't say anything yet. But it, you know, people who are excited, you have a good reason to be excited. It's All definitely right. Marvel. You know, they did a thing as always. So, All right. um, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, follow us. You know, shout out to my partner Tatiana King. Everybody else, the fam, fam out there, and yeah, that's pretty much it. All right, All right. so cool. we're gonna wrap this up here. Thank you for checking us out again. We do this every two weeks. Uh, check us out at troypodcast.com. You can get transcripts. Uh, links to videos that we talk about in these episodes. I'm sure we're going to add a bunch of stuff to the transcripts for this one that we (laughs) reference. Playlist on Spotify that we have links to that as well. Make sure you go check it out. Follow us on the gram and the bird at Troy Podcast and we'll be talking to you guys again in two weeks. All right, Deuces, silly gooses. (laughs) Bye.